Retired from parenting, not of parenting. Keep showing up. Welcome to the Tired Dad Podcast. Are you a dad? I'm a dad. I'm a tired dad. I'm a tired dad. Your hosts, two tired dads. All right, we are here. Welcome back, John. Episode seven. We did it, episode seven. Lucky number seven. How are you feeling, man? I feel great. You had a good week? Yeah, busy, but it was good. I feel like getting into bed at an early time is my goal lately. And people just make fun of me because you're like, oh, you're a grandpa. You're trying to go to bed at 830. Are you you trying to go to bed at 830? Yeah. Man. Yeah. My kids go to bed at 830. Oh, so I'm pretty much the same. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is a busy time for you. Yeah. Doing photography and stuff. Yeah. Working with a lot of family portraits and corporate companies who need like all these new headshots or Mm -hmm. the Christmas, like holiday, holiday photos and stuff. Oh, yeah. And, uh. You're doing my Halloween photos tomorrow morning. Yeah. It's our tradition now. How yes. long have we done? Two years now? This is uh this is the third year. Third year. Yep. Adam's oh. family. Yeah, baby. What was last year? I can't remember. Joker, Harley Quinn, like superheroes. Yes. Or DC. Those yeah. are fun. Yeah, it's it's cool. We did that first year with the Nightmare Before Christmas and it it uh turned out awesome. That was like your first real pictures you took of us, kind of. Yeah. And then we did the holiday pictures with you after, but yeah, I was like, oh yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> he's pretty good. We'll hire him. Considering <laughs> all the chaos that happens beforehand with, yeah. with little ones. Yeah. Now we're doing it before Halloween because we were trying to do it before trick-or-treating. That was crazy. What were we thinking? On Halloween. Yeah. That was crazy. It was So chaos. now we're doing it Saturday, get it done. And let the kids mess up their costumes, whatever. Yeah. And but those it's cool pictures to have, you know, the development. Like every year you do that we do it in the same room. Mm-hmm. See everything we've dressed up as and the kids growing up. It's yeah, cool. I hope you guys can do that as long as they're they can. Yeah. It, it's gonna definitely when the kids get older, I don't know the, about the family theme, you know. Yeah. They start bouncing off. They don't want to be what you are anymore. Right. So we'll see how long we can go. Yeah, I feel like as they get older, I'm like, okay, I'm not as involved as far as me dressing up. Yeah, as well. Oh yeah, and the girls changes our minds every every month. Mm -hmm. I want to be this. I want to do that. Yeah, last minute. Yeah, my my daughter, she's pretty. Um, she she sticks with it. Like she's she's wanted to be Wednesday for most of the this year. Mm. So she she's pretty good at sticking with it right now. (laughs) That's good. And you your know. son, does he care? Um, he's four years old. <laughs> he he's, doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, he, he kind of follows his sister right now. Okay. So, But he's really particular, like, I don't want to wear shorts. I don't want to wear, you know, so we have to work with that. Yeah. He's pugsley, so we'll we'll put him in, like, pants and put the socks over him. Mm-hmm. That's what we, he's like, I'm not wearing shorts. <laughs> I don't know why. He didn't, all summer long, he didn't wear shorts. It's crazy. Like, not his thing right now. Crazy. Um, did you see I'm doing a thing with Movember next month? Yes, I saw the, that. The that's why you have a good mustache, I'm man. Growing mine out more. You're gonna grow it out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Are you, you growing you're yours gonna out? do it with me? Yeah. Yours is coming out. You see those challenges I did? Like I, I I put on my Instagram what what I should do for challenges. So uh-huh. like sixty men 
unfortunately die of suicide per day in worldwide on average. And uh, so I wanted to do something like 60 push-ups a day, mm-hmm. two miles a day, either walking with your family, walking with a friend or a fellow dad, two cold plunges or showers per day for 30 days. You know, everything adds up to 60. Yeah. And then I put, or all of the above. And that's what won. Like all the above. Yeah, like 70% said all the above. So Okay. I guess we're going to do it all. That sounds good to me. <laughs> but I, I, I like the one where it's like a mile with a buddy. Yes. And then a mile with your um, family. Okay, I like that. Mm-hmm. And then two cold plunges, mm-hmm. 60 push-ups a day, no that's problem. That's easy, yeah. Out of workout in there. And then a, a, a lot of guys came up with a good idea just to buy a random dad or another man um, a coffee mm. just randomly, like at a coffee shop and maybe sparking up a conversation with them, like just asking them how their day is. I was like, that's a good idea, that too. That is a great idea. That's simple. Yeah. I'm at coffee shops a lot, so I might do that. That'd be really cool. I like that idea. You know, different than the whole Starbucks where it's just like, buy it for the person that I don't know behind me. Yeah. It's more of like, go up to somebody and be like, hey, this is on me. Yeah. How are you feeling today? You yeah. never know, man. What I mean, spark. Th- think about that. Like, if you're going through a really dark time and you're at a coffee shop or something and somebody did that, that would be crazy, right? Yeah. Might be, you know, goes a long ways. It sure does, for sure. I'm really excited to work with them. I've wanted to work with them for a long time. I've known about them for a long time. Mm-hmm. The whole mustache, I love their brand and branding and obviously what it stands for. It aligns with my brand. So I've been reaching them out, reaching out to them for a long time. And uh, we're finally meshing. And it's great. Good people over there. They're based in L.A. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Our old hometown. Yep. So Dude. I'm excited for that. I'm going to ask you the question of the day, like, what am I drinking today? <laughs> we call that uh, thicker than blood. Thicker <laughs> than blood, I'm worried now. <laughs> that's um, that's uh, like my, I have a, an espresso machine and then a drip coffee maker, like a normal one. That's uh, half and half. Okay. So I got you an espresso, which is number 12. So I think the strongest one is 13. Oh, no. They, the 14s might be out there somewhere. I think they're illegal in about 48 states. So no. good. <laughs> so good. So that's a number 12. Okay. And then uh, I poured a little bit of my drip coffee in there. <laughs> oh, great. So we got double whammy that's called double whammy thicker than blood <laughs> perfect because <laughs> that espresso comes out really thick you know yeah if i'm so, doing laps around your house you know why are you still controlling your coffee intake uh a little bit i'm trying not to drink as much because sometimes i'm good sometimes mm-hmm. i have a cup of coffee and i'm i'm great mm-hmm. and then sometimes it pushes me off the edge and i'm like really mm-hmm. uh paranoid mm-hmm. and stressed even more than I should have been for little things. But I think the key is to eat before I drink coffee mm-hmm. and not drink it on an empty stomach for myself because mm-hmm. then it gets pretty bad. But yeah. That's good, man. Um, I drink an uh, enormous amount of coffee per day. Your body's used to it. This year I've been dr- my coffee intake's been uh, been strong, but I haven't drank right this year so i've kind of you know that's my only thing that you just drink coffee 
Yeah. You know, I'll lower it, but, you know, we're grinding this year, so. Yeah. Speaking of not drinking, how long has it been now since you haven't drank alcohol? Today is 298. So we're two days from 300. Nice round number. Almost almost on the day of Halloween is 300. Oh, wow. Which we talked about, I think, in the second podcast or the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of when I met you. Yeah. was on Halloween. Right. About, what, four years ago? Yeah. Three years ago? And we got, and I got really drunk. Yep. Remember <laughs> the tequila? I, I I was like, "Hey, come in here." Yeah, I had that big bottle of tequila. Yeah, um, yeah. So this will be my first no drinking Halloween. Halloween. Mm-hmm. Probably since two thousand. Probably since two thousand. <laughs> That's a long time. Because you know Halloween was uh, it's a big drinking holiday. Yeah, because our neighborhood had. Uh, Drinks for uh, for the adults, and they still do. They're mm-hmm. still gonna have all that, you know. They have the fireball shots. It's just, yeah. Which that's this year. I've oh man, I've learned so much about myself, but also so much about like society. You're so aware. I'm mm-hmm. I'm hyper aware. Obviously, I'm thinking about not drinking a lot. I'm thinking about alcohol a lot. Just you know, it's just how I get through it. Yeah. And you just see how much our American society is evolved around drinking. Mm-hmm. Everything. Everything. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's nothing, whatever. If, if, you, if it doesn't affect your life and you don't go overboard, whatever. I'm not going to judge people that drink. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to judge anybody for anything. But as somebody who has a problem with alcohol... It is everywhere. You see it more. I was at the zoo yesterday. Uh-huh. The zoo. And there's beer on tap everywhere. And hard liquor. Like, uh, they make you mix oh, really? drinks. Yeah, at the zoo. It, it was 10 a.m. <laughs> I'm like, eh. Hey. I mean, you know, parenting yeah. is hard. I've been there. I've yeah. been there. But, I mean, it's everywhere. Well, I see it all the time when I'm flying. People mm-hmm. drinking at 7, 6 in the morning. Yeah. I used to do that. I used to actually love doing that. That was the best part about being at the airport. You want to get judged. Judgment-free, 6 a.m., beer. Yeah. Bloody Mary. Judgment-free. Isn't isn't that weird, too, also? It's like, if I drink at 6 a.m. at the airport, uh-huh. cool. Right. Drink uh, 6 a.m. at, you know... A pancake breakfast with my kids or uh, something. Not not not, not cool. chill. <laughs> you know? So it it's like there are those things where it's like, yeah, you can drink whenever you want here. Uh-huh. Or, you know, we're at the beach yeah. on vacation. Drink whenever you want. With or without your kids, right? No right. no judgment. But in other situations, you know. But that that is where because it's so accepted in the society, there's so many situations where you, you, you won't be judged, you know, and drinking a lot myself, not a lot of people really knew that I had a big of a problem as I did because you're just kind of hiding amongst everybody else, you know, no one's seeing how much you're drinking like with your behavior sure if you get too drunk they'll be like oh this guy's too drunk right 
But no one's counting your drinks, you know? I think just when you start hanging off the walls and doing weird stuff, that's where people are like, okay, this guy's had too much. Yeah. But I feel like you became more quiet. Yeah, I was I was a master of being socially there. Yeah. You know, I would never, in front of people, I would never, you know, I go can't. overboard. I would know when I'm getting there and then I'd peel it back. Yeah. And then maybe just go home and finish the job myself <laughs> by myself. Oh man. But yeah, it it's been a journey. I had some questions about you since you being sober. Like yeah. what um how are you feeling now, like physically and emotionally after, you know, recovering from that and like not drinking? I feel I feel good, um, physically. Oh, the mornings are better. Uh, a lot better. Don't even remember really what it felt like to be hungover. Um, but that's how it kind of was when you were drinking too. You you forgot that feeling yeah. until it came back. But definitely physically a lot better. Mentally, just ups and downs, you know, because I don't have that crutch. And I have to deal with stress, stress in the family, uh, with other people. And I just have to deal with it. And I realize that certain situations I just don't want to be in right now to deal with, you know, the overstimulation of people. I don't really like, I've never really liked super crowded places, but yeah. being sober, it's kind of like, more gives aware. me anxiety. Yeah, I can so. imagine. And what are some coping strategies that you, or resources you found that have been really helpful for you to maintain? Um. I mean, I use coffee, you know, as kind of my crutch. Um, and then obviously cold plunging at night. I like to do it at night because it's kind of that time I need to get that dopamine rush or do something extreme. Um, and then just just focusing on yourself. So I kind of get I don't have to worry about being hungover in the morning anymore or too tired to do something. So I can now like focus on my work and my life goals and bettering myself. So you kind of just throw your mind to pursue that Mm -hmm. instead of just, okay, we'll work hard today and then I can't wait for that drink at five. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been reading a lot more, just working on myself a lot more, but it's, I mean, it's hard. It's not like this. Oh, I feel great. I love being sober. Best decision of my life. You still have those days where I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah. I could probably do it. Or I, I kind of want to not feel stressed out right now. But I feel like that's kind of like your passion right now is this is your goal since you're all, you're all in or you're all out. And right now you're all in about like not drinking mm-hmm. alcohol and this is your passion. And I feel like, mm-hmm you have that passion that creates creativity for you to put that resource into other spots of your life. Yeah. And that creates progress. Yeah. And it it is literally probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Like a personal development thing is, is this, I, I did not think after about the first month or two of this year, I wasn't sure if I could do it. I was like, I don't know. I might go like three months and then like try to control it again. Yeah. But I stuck with it 
and it it is still the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah, I mean, you're right. And also putting it out there, obviously, on the social media and getting so many stories back. Yeah. And then we did that podcast. And I know your friend was like, yeah, my friend Josh, I saw him maybe like maybe two weeks ago. And he was like, dude, I still haven't drank anything. That's awesome. I was like, what? Like, yeah, it helped. Like, yeah. Um, listening to your podcast and listening to you guys' story, like really pushed me to really turn that key for myself personally. And he's like, yeah, I've had people tell me, but it helped me just listening to other people's perspective for him. That's how I ended up turning him for him. And he was like, and I've been great. And it's like, I've been working out, I've been reading and putting more time into myself and not drinking. And I was like, dude, that is amazing. And that's what our goal is to, to inspire other people to better themselves you know, in any way that we can, Mm -hmm. for sure. And the fact that we can connect to those kind of people and and do that without. The thing is, as an adult, you don't want people to tell you what to do. Right. And you also want, if you want to change, it's all up to you. It's not like no one's going to change that for you. You want to have that motivation and you want to want to change your life or else you're not going to do it. Right. You know, so the fact that he did it because he wanted to do it on his own without anyone telling him, hey, maybe you should stop drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big deal. Yeah. And, and hearing stories like that, you, it kind of pushes you. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, there's other people that were going, are going through what I was a year ago Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And I just, I feel like alcohol and me will never have a good relationship. It's never going to make me a better dad. It's never going to make me a better friend, a husband. It's really... I can't think of anything. It's besides that lie that I'm telling myself that it helps with anxiety, that it helps with social interaction and that life's more fun with it. Um, It's just, that's all a lie, you know, but I've just, I've done it for so long. And, uh, and also I've realized that there's a lot of, um, well, like anything, I think it's like dieting and fitness too. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have opinions and there's a lot of noise out there yeah. on what to do. What's this? Should I do this diet? This is bad for you. This is good for you. You know, it's the same thing with sobriety. People are like, oh, you shouldn't have non-alcoholic beer mm. because you'll be tempted to drink beer. Mm-hmm. And that might be the case for some people, but everybody's journey is different. Yeah. So, you know, is five cups of coffee a day. Great. I don't know. But you know, is what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, like if I, I can't strip everything away. Yeah, we can't. We're not perfect either. You no, know? and it takes time. <laughs> like if I want to, I mean, don't be somebody that's going through a sober journey. Don't tell them that they can't have non alcoholic beer if that's yes. helping them. Because then like, I feel like that might trigger them to want to actually drink real just, beer. This is too hard. I'm going to give up. Yeah. Just support them. Just support them. <laughs> Come on, guys. Like, you know, there, uh, there's some, like, controversy with, like, a tea that I drink. There's mm-hmm. just mixed reviews and studies out there. And mm-hmm. people are like, you know, you're not supposed to drink that. And, you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like, listen, I'm almost 300 days, no alcohol. That That's it. Like, I'm, like, just leave me alone. Yeah. You know, and other people, it's. It's like, I know sometimes it comes from a good place, but that's something we should not do Mm -hmm. in the sober community. It's just let people, 
there's some plant medicines, you know, yeah. oh, that's not being sober. It's let people look, if it's not negatively affecting your life, mm-hmm. like, you know, if something's negatively affecting your life is too much coffee affecting my life negatively. Not, not really. Mm-hmm. No. Um, then I mean, do what works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do what works for you. And what works for you doesn't work for somebody else. Exactly. So just be supportive in that process. Just be supportive. That's it. Um, I We got an email, a really cool story. He grew up with an alcoholic father. Mm-hmm. And it really affected him. Let me look this up. Yeah. All right. So his story, this is what he wrote. I was raised by an alcoholic father. He loved us like none other, but he is absolutely dependent on alcohol would die if he tried to withdraw withdraw without medical assistance. This has caused years of pain, trauma, abuse, and dysfunction in my family. We understand that his actions and words are not him, but are rather his sickness and control of his mind and body. However, I'm not willing to subject my future family to an environment that I'm so weathered against. I shudder at the thought of my partner becoming normalized to a life living with an addict. The thought of my kids as a my kids at single digit ages experience situations that no person, let alone a kid, should have to. With the lacks with the lack of functional father figure and lack of trust in most all people, I've always struggled with creating deep and meaningful relationships with people and my previous romantic relationships would be self serving in attempts to fill a father sized void left in my inner child's heart. Your page has that inner child in fits of all emotion. Your content truly strikes deep on the cats in the cradle relationship that a father and his children should have. Oh, I like that. Mm. Cats in the, you know that song. Yeah. Cats in the cradle. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a happy song, but it's really intense. Yeah. Um, I'd be doing better in my healing process when I found your page. I'd, I'd always thought I didn't want to have kids because I didn't want to F them up and put them through a childhood like I had to deal with. Seeing your content, I truly realized that I really want to be a father, and I want to prove to myself, my father, and the world that I can raise a productive and well-valued family in a safe and emotionally mature home. Your vulnerability with your community has helped me be truthful, trusting, and honoring of who I am and want as a man. In my healing journey, I've become more understanding of myself. I give myself more grace. And most importantly, I'm able to serve those in my world in a manner where I'm not sole beneficiary of my actions. Because of this, my current relationship is intimate, vulnerable, understanding, emotionally regulated, and mature. And in an effort to self-actualize into the individuals that we both want to be as heads of a healthy family system. We are now engaged, planning our wedding for next year, and look forward to pro to the process of loving and living through good and the bad as we start married life and our eventual family. I consider myself so lucky to be in the situation that I am. I have a perspective for a life that no child should have to attempt to cope with, but I also have a better understanding on my role in my own healthy journey as well as my fiancé and future kids' experience. I cannot wait to be exhausted in my steadfast allegiance to my family want to thank you for your courageous transparency. You are changing the world. And that's cool. That's so cool. The fact that he wants to become a father and be someone better than he was raised, is, it's a great step. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And having kids is such an amazing gift. Like, yeah. I didn't see it. Growing up, I didn't want to have kids. Mm-hmm. Reason one is because I grew up raising my brothers and sisters, and I was like, mm-hmm. I've lived it, yep. went through it. I do not want to do that again. But the moment I had my own kids, everything changed. How I felt about love and how I can love someone no matter what. And that's something that I try to remind my kids all the time. It's like, no matter what you do, I will re- love you no matter mm-hmm. what. Having kids will change your life and make you a, a better man as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, our priorities, perspective completely changes. Mm-hmm. And it's really nothing you can prepare for. No. You know. But uh, as guys, you can you can take that in and even if you're not prepared, you can kind of work it, make it happen. There was this graph that I saw. It was, poof, it was sobering. It was the amount of time on average you spend with people in your lives. It was like family, friends. It was like friends, family, like outside of your family you create, your children, and then like yourself. And yourself is the one you, yourself and your partner, if you're married, are leading by far. And that's what I said in our previous podcast about healing yourself before you have kids. Like to all the new dads or expecting dads, make sure you're good before you have kids. Yeah. Like go talk to somebody about your past. Go heal that because parenting is so hard on its own. And yes, children change you and they motivate that change but if you're not good and you're trying to sort that all out after kids it's hard it's possible but it's hard so just make make sure you're you're good before you have kids yeah i think that's one thing to really think through as as far as being a parent it's like what are some preparing things that you should do as a parent prepare yourself mentally mm-hmm. and see if you're you're right before even having kids. Yeah. Taking those steps for sure. Yeah. It's, it's parenting is just so hard, man. Especially when you're parenting is hard for good parents, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. just, it is, it's really freaking hard, man. I, I, I mean, I, I might put too much pressure on myself, but, you know, we're trying to give our children the least amount of trauma. Right. Yeah. And we're trying to build that connection. It's so important to build that connection when they're young. They're young for so little. Mm-hmm. Like that first 10 years, I think, is, is amazing. They're yeah. like your little person and they're your best friend and stuff. And then they start to find themselves or wanting to find themselves. And then they want to be around people their age. So it's just like that first 10 years is so, it's, it's amazing. But it's, uh, it's hard because you, you know, it, it, and if you're not well upstairs sorting through those first 10 years, it's, it's hard. The first three, four years is just chaos, you know? Yeah. And then you have that golden period of like four or five years and then they turn into teenagers, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just really hard. And then obviously life, we got to work. We got to take mm-hmm. care of them and provide. So I would say, you know, make sure you're good before having kids. And also, when you have kids, take care of yourself. 
right? Yeah. Continue growing that within yourself. You know, the second my daughter popped out in that first year, I was like, I need to quit drinking. Yeah. And it took me three, three, four years to fully <laughs> stop, you know? Yeah. So give yourself grace too. Yeah. You know, this is really hard. Parenting is really hard. Give yourself grace. Be patient with yourself. And the intentions are what matter. Mm-hmm. Your intentions. If you just keep setting those intentions every day and keep showing up every day, you know, mm-hmm. like we say this stuff over and over, but I think it needs to be said over and over again. You know, every day I wake up, I need to be reminded the same exact thing because you'll kind of trail off, you know? Yeah. I try to think of my kids as like a seed. You know, I want to get those roots real grounded and nice and healthy. So when that tree grows up, like my kids, an example, they're strong enough to withstand wind, punches, Mm -hmm. um, tornadoes, because that's how life is. Life Mm -hmm. is going to throw you so many things. And if our roots are not strong enough as a kid, you're going to tumble and you're going to fall. So I want to be able to have those strong roots with my kids so when they get older enough, they can handle life. And they can handle whatever life throws mm-hmm. at them, you know. And another analogy right there <laughs> is make sure when they're the seed and they're they're growing into their little plant, they got strong branches to hang from. Exactly. Which is you, you know. Yeah. Dude, it just yeah. reminded me of the that one book, Giving Tree. Giving Tree. Oh, horrible my. book. Great the, book, but horrible. Horrible book. <laughs> Shit, messed up. Man. Oh, that made me cry one time when I was reading oh, reading that man. tree. Yeah, uh, that's brutal. And that was a reflection of like how a parent really is. Yeah. You know, of like, I will give you whatever I have to yeah. continue to um, make you happy. Yeah. You've seen that statue thing that, that uh, online, it's a statue an artist did and it, the, the dad has holes taken out of it mm-hmm. and he took out the holes and made the kid like Mm -hmm. a a full statue of a child Uh and all the holes are taken out of the dad statue and that's that's basically parenting or fatherhood yeah you know you give pieces of yourself out which i i mean i like that but i don't want it to have the message of you're gonna give your kids everything and then be this broken person at the end yeah like i don't think that's the goal no you know i think it's we should be as healthy and strong as possible so we can give our kids what they need mm-hmm. and the tools they need. But when they, they are older and they're able to go out on their own, we should still be intact. Yeah. You know, and that's, we should not be broken. If we're broken, then we did it wrong, right? Mm-hmm. We just, we gave them everything and we're like got nothing else to give. So with that giving tree and all that, I I, I like it. It's dramatic. It's mm-hmm. everything. But I want more of the message to be be healthy enough, strong enough to give your kid everything, but also you can live that your life too at the end. Yeah, you don't want to give them everything, and and then when they get out in the world, they're not able to handle life because you provided yeah. everything for them, and mm-hmm. they're not able to grow as themselves because you did everything for them. Yeah, so it's just like a happy medium of like only mm-hmm. give pits beats of yourself and it's just giving them the tools to to Mm -hmm. mature and to know how to properly survive in the world absolutely i did a post about um 
me and my wife, how it's, you know, we're giving everything to our kids now and that's our turn to do that right now because we, we don't have any help. We don't, you know, have the village that people speak of or whatever, but we are just focused on raising our children right now for the next 10 years and the vacations and all that by ourselves, the date nights, we sometimes go on date nights, maybe more less than we should, but we're okay with just giving all of that to our kids right now because it's so short. And in 10 years we can travel alone. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing is your kids will grow up and it will be just you and your partner, you and your wife. You guys need to be good at the end of that. Right. A lot of people, they'll get to that point and they'll look at each other and be like, damn, we didn't work on each other. We didn't work on our marriage, you know, at the end. So there's also that aspect too. Yeah. You know, we, we have to be good. We have to be healthy. We mm-hmm. have to be strong. That's that's step one. Yeah, and I think as for me, as I get older, and then I, I realize where where is my time going, and I value my time and who I'm spending time with absolutely way more than as as I was younger. Like as I get older, I'm like, do I want to invest my time into this person? Do I want to invest my time doing this? Like your time is more valuable now. I feel like as you get older because you have kids, mm-hmm. and you value that time away from your kids. Mm-hmm. And when you're away, you're like, man, I just want to be back with them. And that's where the whole boundaries come in, mm-hmm. whole boundaries with family, uh, boundaries with friends, everything. Yeah. And, you know, what's that saying? You're the sum of your three closest people you spend the most time with or something. Mm-hmm. And that's so true. Yeah. You know, yeah, definitely. And that's what me and my wife talk about. This circle, our family is the most important. And everything else around it is secondary, but we are, we're going to care about other people. We're going to be there for other people. But if anything is intrusive to that circle, intrusive, so negative, then it's got to go. Yeah. Or it's got to have a boundary. Oh, yeah. And being away from like having those negative thoughts, because those will end up controlling you, you, (laughs) Man, <laughs> it it's, it, I don't know if it has to do with my journey this year, but when I'm around negative people, it affects me yeah. immediately <laughs> hard. And I, I, I do think it's because I'm sober because, uh-huh. um, when I wasn't sober, I would just drink and it wouldn't bother me. Yeah. Right? But now I like internalize it, like being around people that have like a negative view in life or maybe have older people that have regrets and they kind of like have this negative view on life and they try to put that on you being the younger person mm. like oh you'll just wait wait and see life sucks yeah oh, God. Thanks, you know man. and then i'll just i'll literally go throughout the day and be like down like something happened to me uh-huh. and then i'll have to step back and go wait no 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 nothing's wrong Nothing's wrong, but I feel like something's wrong because that energy literally came into me. Mm -hmm. And you got to be careful of that. It can happen so quick and so easy. And being sober, I'm just hyper aware of it. So now I'm like, that's what I'm saying, like places where I'm just, I got to leave. You know, if it's at a party or a group of people and they're just negative vibes or anything like that, I'm like, I got to go. 
because oh, yeah. it's going to put me in a bad mood and it's going to affect me and then it affects my family. I can't have that. Yeah. So it's just red flags. Just be aware of that. <laughs> if someone's continuing to just aware. like be negative about every little single thing, like yep. you don't want to be around that. Um, yeah. But man, I, I'm just so grateful. I'm so, I, I try to have that gratitude every morning. I obviously got you as a friend and we have, as we know, a close knit community here. Yeah. It's positive and we build each other up. We're different ages. We got wise older people, you know, people, new people starting out on their journey of parenthood. And it's just such a positive group. And I'm like, let's just like create a bubble, a (laughs) dome, you know, like the Simpsons dome where we just kind of create that. We'll just kind of create it over our community and be like, yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. we're done. We're full. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. We just try to be positive. Anytime I'm out too, anywhere, because you can mm-hmm. easily turn yourself and be like, no, I don't want to be kind to someone who's helping me. Mm-hmm. And just being like, I also try to just put myself in those shoes. Like mm-hmm. someone's approaching you, someone's approaching me. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, they're they're just trying to do their job mm-hmm. at the same time. <laughs> and we can get wrapped up in our own struggles yeah. a lot, you know, and everybody's going through something. Mm-hmm. Everybody, whether it's big, small, whatever, everybody's going through something. And a lot of the times I, I find myself going, I'm so stressed out. I'm so this, this problem over here, dealing with this. And I, I put that on other people, you know? Yeah. I, I kind of have that energy of like, I, I'm too stressed out right now. Yeah. And uh, they probably are too, yeah. you know? So I don't know. It, it's, a, it's a lot, but we're all work in progress, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm 38 years old. I feel like. I'm probably the most aware, hyper aware of life than I've ever been before. And I'm starting to figure it out. And uh, so, you know, be patient with yourself. If you're like 30 years old, God, (laughs) man, yeah, that that feels like a long time ago. It does. You know, and I've learned so much in the last eight years. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I feel like I've grown the most. I have grown most in my myself and my journey is when I had kids because I figured Absolutely. out who I am as a person and yeah and how to be kind to people and also career stuff man yeah I, I think everybody tries to find, I mean it's crazy people try to find a career for their entire life at like 24 years old 25 years old still young especially in in this era of time there's so many opportunities out there that if you're even mid thirties, you know, and so much has changed career wise for me in the past eight years, it's been crazy, you know? So you don't have to be tied down. You can always change something. You can always change something. Give yourself the power to change. You know, a a lot of people just, they just don't give themselves the power. They say, I can't do that. I, I can't, I can't change. You know, yeah. but you, you can, you know, shoot, man, Especially if, I, if I could do it, I, I have the worst imposter syndrome. I have the worst. <laughs> I've, ah, oh, man, if, if I can do, if I can do it, anybody can, yeah. I don't want to be that guy, but for real, no, for real, I'm that guy. Yeah. If I could do it, <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> yeah. And don't be afraid of taking risk. I feel like a lot of, of us are afraid of taking that risk because you're like, Especially at a young age, like I don't know yeah. what I want to do. 
But it's, that's the time that you should take the most of the risk in your early 20s. 100%. Take the risk and learn from it and then grow from it and move on. Yeah. And so. just, yeah, and, and it's hard because sometimes you just don't know what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And then just do a bunch of stuff until you figure it out because you'll find it and it will be obvious. But I think a lot of people just get into something they don't really actually want to do. They just, it's the pressure of, their parents, pressures of yeah. society, whatever. Yeah. But, but yeah. Find find your passion, I feel like. Absolutely. If you find your passion, that would create creativity and that would create progress from you and grow as an artist and you can be a person that you actually want to be mm-hmm. um, and have that passion and love for, for what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, it all goes back to taking care of yourself, man, mm-hmm. and, and clearing your mind and and really doing that inner work, you know, I'm finding it. And uh, life can be beautiful, man, but it can also be super dark if you let it. And uh, I've been there. Yeah, I've been there. And then go outside. <laughs> go outside. Like I have, I work in my dark room. Literally, it's a dark room. I have no windows where I edit, and it's for it's the best for me because there's no distraction. Yeah, it's but great. I'm I'm in my dark room for a couple hours, and I put a timer where I have to be out of the house. And I'm working out like I have a whole weight lift yeah. scenario set up at my backyard and I'll do that. And then I go into the cold plunge and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I need to get that sun because that changes my mood. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If I'm inside all day long. Yeah. And then it makes me think like people who live in those places where it's just raining every day. In like, Alaska. I, in Alaska. I can understand why they're so depressed. It's because they're not getting the nutrients and Mm-hmm. being out there being physical to to stay strong and be mentally yeah ready for anything for uh, sure going outside makes a huge difference just to get some sun yeah fresh air mm-hmm. touch some grass yeah. you know get real hippie with it <laughs> you know but it's true i mean you know we're so tied down to these systems and yeah. this technology and it's easy to just engulf in it for you know and especially if it's part of your work yeah to just grind it out grind 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 And then all of a sudden, oh, crap, it's the end of the day. Now my kids are home. Got to spend time with them. That's overstimulating. And then it kind of becomes chaos. And then next thing you know, you're in bed and you're like, I spent like 20 minutes outside today. Mm -hmm. That's not it. And you feel it. Yeah. Like you feel like, "Eh, I feel like kind of crummy right now. Mm -hmm. And if you're not drinking, you know, and and using that stuff is, I've realized that it's really bad. Yeah. So. I, uh, I found like a little, like a, a little hack, father hack. If you want to spend more time with your kids, instead of telling them you need to do this or just do that, like create some, some type of activity to do together mm-hmm. that they can either lean on you about it or learn from you about it. Like just things in general, like cooking with the girls, mm-hmm. like Scarlett wanted to know how I grill the chicken and, and the meat out in the backyard. And I was like, Hey, I'll help you. I'll teach you what I do. And like, I'll let her do it. Like how to marinate the food. Mm-hmm. I'll let it sit there, put it in a baggie and then take it outside and then put it on the grill. And then what's the proper temperature to have the chicken. And that was fun for her, but it was something that we can both enjoy and do. And she was yeah. also learning. And I'm trying to have them learn all the basic stuff. So when they get older, they are able to, to do these things on their own and not feel um, confident that they can't cook. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I want to yeah. build that confidence. Also, the other thing that was fun is 
you know how you were away for you know two weeks it seems like and we we're watching your house Too long. <laughs> i was living the inner john in me so i was working every day you know mm-hmm. and spending time but you have all these skateboards in the in the garage yes and coco's like started to ride the board without me actually pushing her i was like oh you can ride it yeah and then she was going up, up and down the driveway and she got the feel for it and i was teaching her the proper footing because you have that already set up i think yeah. you used to do uh skateboarding lessons yeah. right mm-hmm. so it was perfect and we did that and got her comfortable going up and down the the street and then i was like do you want to go to the skate park and she was like sure let's do that and then i took her and we spent literally like four hours on the skate park dang and we went on the half pipe i know you text you texted me that that it was a good time i didn't know you spent four hours there we were there for and- a long time but I saw her on the little three foot half pipe uh, and she was like pumping back and forth. Yeah. I was like, oh, she's getting it. Yeah. Like that's hard to do. It is so hard. I try to do it. I'm yeah. Like, I can't do it's, it. That's a hard, that's a hard thing to get. And I was like, oh, she's already got that. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's and then cool. teaching her that she felt the confidence to do that. And I was like, okay, let's move on to doing like a drop. And she was yeah. like, okay, let's, let's do that. But helping her build that confidence. And yeah. I can tell from that day, her yeah. confidence was so high that she didn't feel yeah. Like anything can take her down. Yeah, that uh, I yeah, I used to when my kids were really young, well, it was actually just when my daughter was really young. I stopped once my son was born, but dealing with those kids and especially little girls, man, mm-hmm. the, with skateboarding to build that confidence and that empowerment was so cool. Growing up, girls never skateboarded in the late 90s and stuff. There wasn't really girls skateboarding, but now there's a ton. Yeah. And it's 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 awesome to see and what it does for all for boys and girls, just that confidence and, and getting through something that's really hard and really tough and it hurts and all that and that resilience. But it's special watching girls do it, little yeah. girls and uh, them getting that confidence. I love it. Yeah. And originally she didn't want to leave. She was like, yeah. I'm going to do this as much as I can. Um, and then she was like, how can I do the street skateboard? And I was like, well, let's get this down fundamentals yeah. done first. And uh, she enjoyed it. And then Scarlett did it too. And then the second day we went, there was actual skater girl skating too. Oh, cool. So that was really cool to see yeah. that. Love it. Uh, and she gave her some tips and, Amazing. You know, and everything. So it was cool to do that. So doing activities with your kids creates such an amazing mm. bond. Um, yep. That I will remember forever. And I know that she's going to remember that that bond that we had. Um, yeah, learning how to skateboard. Well, let's go to the skate shop this weekend, and we'll get the whole stuff set know? up. Yeah, for sure, that'd be fun. Yeah, um, with that Movember, uh-huh. they're sending me a deck. They have a deck. Oh, nice, like a skateboard deck with the mustache and uh-huh. stuff. So, um, but it's just a deck. So I'm gonna go. Um, Dakota doesn't really have a skateboard, so we're gonna go have her pick out the trucks and the wheels and grip tape and all that. Oh, do you have to let me know when you go then? Cause I can yeah, go-go. there's one in uh, the factory. Okay. The skate shop. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, and, and she can, that's what's so cool about the skateboarding is you pick out your deck, your grip mm-hmm. tape, and it's really customizable. That's the beauty of skateboarding is like everybody has their own individuality, their style, their, you know, mm-hmm. everything. And it creates that um, independence in, in kids and, yeah. and girls and they can just be themselves yeah you know it's it's a beautiful thing i love how skateboarding has become socially acceptable now mm-hmm. you know when i did it, it as pothead you know yeah. loser <laughs> do something with your life besides skateboarding well yeah. now 
now that people are making millions of dollars, everybody's like, okay, cool. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a great fitness too. Oh yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's just I don't like falling anymore. Yeah, that's why I stopped. I was like, I'm good. <laughs> it's fun, but uh, the recovery time it takes a lot longer now. Yeah, but it's it's a beautiful thing to watch the kids do it for sure. So until next time, episode this is episode what seven seven. Yeah, we're getting up there. <laughs> we're almost to double digits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that we get to do it every Friday if we can. Yeah, man. And and I haven't seen you in a while, so this mm-hmm. was good to talk to you. Yeah, and to catch up. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Men's Mental Health Month, November coming up, so we'll we'll do those challenges together. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. Go to the skate shop. Oh yeah. All right. Take care, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Tired Dad Podcast. To show my appreciation, all listeners receive 15% off at TiredDad.com by entering code TiredDadPod at checkout. That's Tired Dad P-O-D. Keep showing up.